everybody. Welcome back to the Matt Report podcast. As always, MattReport.com, MattReport.com slash subscribe. Join that mailing list. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Today's guest is Ian Polson of 5,000 different products. I, I first came across, I mean, of course, I've seen his name around. I've seen his products before in the past, but he recently launched a new content initiative, WPContent.io, and I didn't realize the matrix rabbit hole that I was getting into <laughs> with all of the stuff that he does. So we we talked about that today's episode. And the one revealing thing is, boy, as a developer, he's got this creative passion to go across all of these products and uh, to solve problems for people, which is admirable. Uh, but his his way of approach is not that different than um, you know a creative artist, an artist, a musician. We're going to talk all about that stuff today. Hope you enjoy the episode. Tell Ian thanks for doing the show. All right, let's listen to our sponsors real quick. Are you sick of Google tracking absolutely everything you do, your visitors do, and everyone in your extended family does? Well, I know I was, and I switched to usefathom.com. Use Fathom. Like, I cannot fathom that somebody created such an awesome web analytics piece of software. Usefathom.com. It's an alternative to Google Analytics. It's privacy-focused. It's simple. It's fast. Works great with WordPress. I use it on MattReport.com. I use it on all my properties now. I got rid of the days of logging into Google Analytics and saying, "What am well, I don't even understand. Am I launching a spaceship here, or do I just want to see how many visitors came to my website? I switched to use Fathom because it was simple. It was fast. It was efficient. I need to have all this disclosure of cookie tracking. In fact, it doesn't track anyone. It's privacy focused. That's why I like it. I also like it because it was made by friend of the show, Paul Jarvis, and his co-founder of Use Fathom. Listen, notably, just as an aside in this ad read, I said on our last show that this was going to be his, his product, his trophy product, and it has really grown. A lot of people using Use Fathom. You can get it at usefathom.com. Get out of those Google Analytics. Switch to use Fathom for 14 bucks a month. Use Fathom.com. Thanks for supporting the show. And the next sponsor of the show, I can't believe I even have to read this ad copy, but I do what my advertisers say. It's WebDev Studios at WebDevStudios.com. Here's how the ad copy goes. This episode of The Matt Report is brought to you by Tom McFarlane and the rest of the engineering team at WebDev Studios! Exclamation point. From small business to enterprise, WebDev Studios does it all. WordPress design and development, strategy, migrations, ongoing support, maintenance, and even hosting. If you want to work with the best, including, maybe not, developers like Tom, reach out to WebDevStudios.com. WebDevStudios.com. If you're looking for a great place to work, Hey, listen, they're an amazing WordPress agency. They have a great culture, which is very important to many of us working in these development jobs and these agency jobs. WebDevStudios.com. Maybe you're even a a freelancer or consultant. You have this project in front of you. You're kind of in over your head. Look, I can't can't deliver this big project. These These deliverables are too much for me. Maybe. Knock on WebDev Studios' door. I'm sure Brad might kick you a little referral commission. For sending over some big client. Don't hold me to it, but hold Brad to it. Webdevstudios.com. Thanks for supporting the show. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me on. 
It's great to have a fellow podcaster in the room, uh, but I can tell you that I am just jealous of the English accent. I think that's the one thing I'm missing. I think I could do a lot more downloads a month if I had the English accent. What do you think? Do you think? I don't know. I think it's <laughs> to me, it's quite middle of the road. But yeah, really? I, we've we've had that said to us because obviously um, I co-host uh, the Pressing Matters podcast with Jack McConnell. And we're both based in the UK and we're both based in sort of a, a similar part of the UK. So our accents are, are similar. Yeah. And I've had feedback a couple of times from people who just basically can't tell us apart which I'm not right. sure if that's the right dynamic for a, for a, yeah, yeah. a co-hosting for a podcast. It might be tough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so I want to talk about all these things today. I want to talk about podcasting. I want to talk about all of the stuff that you do. Um, I mean, you, you're working for Delicious Brains. Uh, you you do work or you have worked for Saturday Drive, the fine folks over at Ninja Forms. You make about 7,000 WordPress plugins, I think is the accurate number I saw on WordPress.org. Uh, of course, the podcast and... This new initiative, what really sort of jogged my memory to get you on the on the call today, uh, is the uh, WPContent.io initiative, and uh, I want to talk all about this stuff. But how do you how do you introduce yourself to people when they ask you what you do? Oh yeah, that is a good question because I think it's changed over time. Like I, I probably will always call myself a WordPress developer, but you know, running my own plugins and you know my own stuff. I feel like the transition is made more into a business owner, but I still, you know, my day-to-day um, development work and, you know, client work is for Delicious Brains. So I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a developer over there, but I'm slowly transitioning into more of a product manager role um, as we kind of shift around our resources and, and free me up from some of the day-to-day development on the sites. Um yeah, and they have a and, su- they have a suite of products. Which one do you are you normally touching? I'm actually a, um, not on any product as such, but I'm I've been in charge for a, a, a while now of the sites. So we sell our WordPress plugins on deliciousbrains.com, and that's running WooCommerce with a very customized and heavily bespoke um, subscriptions plugin that handles all of our auto renewals and all of that stuff. And so that's kind of, in terms of development wise, it's as big as one of our own products to keep on top of and keep adding new features and things to make it better for our customers um, and to make it easier for, you know, releasing new features and adding things like composer support. So customers can, um, can, use composer for our premium plugins and all of that stuff is built into the api of the site so it's it's a big development task and we've also got Mm. um spinupwp.com as a as a marketing site and the better search and replace.com site um so yeah there's there's quite a bit of dev across those three um but yeah it's it's not product um development anymore which is good um yeah yeah with your other products, so here's, here's like the the big sweeping question that I'm I'm really interested in, and and maybe others when they see your you know if they don't know who you are they've never met you before and they listen to this podcast and they look at your portfolio of responsibilities, um, you know your your work at Delicious Brains, all of your other plugins, the podcast, I mean from myself I do a lot too I mean you're catching me at a time where I'm jobless for two weeks right? I'm just transitioning away from Pagely and now going to, um. 
Castos and Ser- Seriously Simple Podcasting, and they're going to help them with all of their podcasting stuff there. Uh, but, you know, I have Maripore, I do plugins, I do a lot of content creation, I have a small plugin called Easy Support Videos and Conductor Plugin, but I'm not a developer. For me, for me anyway, it's just, it's more management and content creation than it is like critical code thinking <laughs> and deployment and like doing, you know, the nitty gritty work. How, how do you find that balance across so many different things? Yeah, I think at the moment, especially during the last few months where we've had the global situation with COVID-19 and we've had a couple of months of lockdown in the UK, I feel like I've kind of buried my head um, from that world situation in work and I've just tried to crack on with things that have been on my to-do list for a while and I've tried to um, just try to be as productive as possible. Um but yeah, because it, the, you know I've got two main plugins that require support, updates, and new features. Um, those kind of get worked on in the the later hours of the day once the kids are in bed, and you know, um, in in the early hours of of the morning sometimes. But I've started um, trying to trying to outsource really because. It is just me, and if you try and take on too much, it's just it's a recipe for burnout. So I've gone through a, a recent phase of trying to hire just some outsource development help for my other plugin, which is WP User Manager, uh, which is a, a free core plugin but has lots of add-ons. And I've been hiring a couple of developers, basically from Upwork, to, to try and push new add-on development forward because if it was just left to me, it would be impossible. And, you know, I'm fielding customer customer support most days where people are asking for certain features that don't exist yet. And I can see that there's a need to grow the that plugin and the add-ons around it. And that isn't that, you know, it's not feasible for me to to do it outside of sort of the day-to-day job that i'm doing with delicious brains so yeah yeah i I, I think i need to manage and have outsourcing capabilities when you so let's just again set the stage so wpusermanager.com is one plugin you have integrate.io that's instagram uh connection to your wordpress site uh we've already mentioned wpcontent.io which is a content initiative we'll talk about that in a moment you have wpappstore.com which isn't a plugin, it was a plugin at one point, right? Or now it's it's not. And then you have sellwire.net. Oh yeah. Yeah. Now you're <laughs> now you're going, so, you're listing. Yeah. You. So I'm I'm like, man, this guy's from the Matrix. Like this guy's able to do it. My 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 question is as a as a business owner myself, is how do you like manage the expectations of yourself and hiring people from uh you know like one of those uh outsourcing services whether it be like codable or yeah i think that's that's been a blessing and a curse being a a developer hiring other developers um because it's kind of in in my nature at the moment with with delicious brains all through the time i've worked there we've done code reviews peer reviews when we've hired people we put them on trial and you're really analyzing and and going through their any code that they produce with a fine tooth comb to make sure it's, you know, it, it's correct. It's doing the right thing. It's coded in um, the 
the right way of doing things. It's safe and it's sanitized. All, all of these kind of things that you pull up in code review. And when I'm hiring someone to help me, I will do the same. And you know they're pr- perhaps not aware that their new client is, is going to be so um, forensic with their code. And that's been hard. It's been a challenge to actually find people that are, I don't know, that they're not up to the challenge, but they're, they're, they're actually good enough to, to produce the code and then get it, you know, mm. continue doing it. And I'm not saying I'm creating huge boundaries of stuff, but as you said, I'm perhaps other people who are just hiring their business owners and they're hiring developers to produce a thing the business owner won't ever see or perhaps care how that is constructed. But because I'm trying to, you know, I'll end up having to support the add-ons that are being developed or build on top of them. I want to make sure they're right from the get-go because otherwise I'm just paying for technical debt. Um, but yeah, I, when you started listing um, <laughs> Cellwire and get into that, that, yeah, that's it's deep and dark. Um <laughs> With <laughs> WP App Store is a funny one because, as you said, it was it was a plugin. It was originally developed. WP App Store was a Brad Tunar thing. Yeah, he, he created the, the the App Store plugin. It was like his uh, first go know. at like WordPress businesses, right? Because he had exactly. Addy had, had invested in him for this product. Exactly, many moons ago. Um, yeah, yeah. And then when that kind of pivoted, he turned it into a deals site. So it was. Yeah. He'd made so many connections with theme and plugin businesses that were, you know, going to or had already been on the App Store, which was, you know, a plugin that you had in your dashboard and you could one click buy and install premium themes and WordPress plugins, which, you know, still to this day is a great idea. It's just not possible within WordPress's playground. Um, well, it's called it's called Jetpack. Let's be real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's not go down that road, Matt. Let's no. <laughs> we're not talking about that. But yeah, so. He pivoted to a deal site, and because he had all of the connections with with product businesses who would then advertise to his list of subscribers and blah blah blah. Anyway, when I saw I hadn't even worked for Brad at this point, um, I saw he, he was selling it. I knew him from Twitter, um, and at the time, I think I had a, an idea of turning it into kind of like a um, a marketplace, like a, a WordPress specific marketplace for plugin developers and like a code canyon or something and wp app store was a great domain and i thought let's let's just you know get it see what i can do with it and then potentially grow it into this thing in the future and of course that never happened um right. and it's I've, I've been running it as a deal site for a number of years and it's more of a blog now with less deals but it's it's not necessarily one of my primary business concerns but it's it's you know it's a good source of traffic. It does some affiliate business, and um, I'm kind of happy to keep it ticking over in the back burner, mm-hmm. on the back burner. Um, and Sellwire.net is uh, again they're they're long stories. They're funny. They're, 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 <laughs> they're, um, this was something that I had been using as a customer when I first um, released the pro version of my Instagram plugin Integrate. I I didn't really even know that, like, I don't think easy digital downloads existed and WooCommerce seemed kind of scary at the time. So I needed somewhere to sell the plugin. And I'd been following um, on Twitter um, a a guy called Gilbert Pellegrom for a while who 
coincidentally now works for Delicious Brains. But he was, you know, when you talk about in the matrix and super productive people, he is a robot and he is probably best known for the Nevo slider plugin, which, you know, whenever this was back in 2011, 2012, he was riding that wave of sliders. They're not quite as popular now, but, and he, he built Cellwire as a way to just sell his plugins. And I then started using it and it's a very, very simple e-commerce um, solution where it's, there's no, cart there's no checkout you just if you're a seller you upload a file like a wordpress plugin zip you set a price and you now have a link to share to people and they can then buy it so it's just a case of putting that link on your website and you don't have to worry about the e-commerce stuff you've connected paypal or stripe and that's how you get paid and the person who buys it gets the download link of your plugin and i was using that for well i still am for selling my instagram plugin and when Gilbert then moved to using easy digital downloads for his own stuff and and sell why it wasn't a concern for him anymore. I acquired it for the cost, less cost than it would have, um, or less money that it would have cost me to actually move all of my stuff and migrate customers to a new solution and the time it would have taken me. Um, so yeah, I, I run Sellwire in the background basically to to allow me to sell my own thing but interestingly, that's been pretty dormant as a project for a while. Like it doesn't get a lot of signups and customers, even though it is a, it's a full-blown SaaS app. Um, but interestingly, during lockdown, I think it, people are, um, there's an influx of people looking to sell things and looking to make a living online. And so it's actually seen quite a rise in customers recently, which is which is good, but also bad at the same time because it's another time <laughs> pool. <laughs> so yeah. So it- so, I mean, we, we sort of covered how you technically manage and set these expectations across the many projects. But when you take a step back, when you when you do have a moment to breathe, I mean, I, I, I'm sort of looking at your body of work and matching it up to my body of work, which is more like content creative stuff with a, a with a dose of of some software and yours is much more much heavier on the software side with a dose of content, uh, you know, I guess you could argue. But when I take a step back, I'm like, man, sometimes I get burned out from making WordPress tutorials on, you know, youtube.com slash plug and tut. I'm like, you know, I just can't make another tutorial. This is not, this is not sparking the creative uh, energy. And then I shift to something else that's a little bit more creative or something that I have a little bit more control over. And that might be, let's say, like my local podcast. There's less expectations to like knock something like that out of the park and I can just work on it, enjoy it and get an episode out, talk to a local entrepreneur and it kind of just reignites my energy. How do you balance that from like a creative, like you look back and you say, boy, maybe I'll spend a month on Cellwire and then next month I'll dip back into you know, uh, WP user manager, like, is there a balance of where you want to shift that creative energy to, to push one of these forward? Yeah, I think, um, I've, I've recently tried to, um, work on sprints where I would be spending time outside of sort of client work, just pushing forward one piece of, or one product or a piece of a product. So, WP user manager has a couple of add-ons in development and I need to get them finished. I need to get all the documentation. I need to get them on on the website and get them sold and tested and, and everything. So that's kind of maybe a current focus. And then once that's done, I need to then shift to some a, a big feature on the Instagram plugin. And instead of trying to do loads of things in parallel, which is, you know, along with pressing matters and WP content and client work, 
it just means I'm multitasking to a point where it's untenable. So yeah, I'll, I'll try and focus on one bit at a time and then get it done, move to the next, but not maybe set any time expectations because as I said, a lot of it is outside of working hours and trying to fit that in around family life and everything, which isn't always easy. So yeah, um, but then what you were saying about getting burnt out and then getting a bit more amped up about a new creative thing or turning your attention to something that's easier to to knock out. I struggle with that as well because I end up seeing like a customer might email me about WP user manager and say, can it do this? And it can't at the moment. And I start thinking, well, actually it could do this if I just write this bit of code and I could actually just connect these two things. And then I go down a rabbit hole because it's a challenge and it's like a development challenge and I'll end up then just shifting all my focus to that which is not a great way to to operate but it's almost like an an inbuilt thing that I can't stop myself from doing because it's a technical (laughs) challenge that I want to solve and it's like you know all all developers I guess have that they just want to solve a problem with code um so yeah uh, and this does sound ridiculous after you've listed all the other things but I've recently just finished um another app that i kind of built out of not a distraction but it was something that i thought i need to i could do that and that would be great to do it and i could use that app and maybe i could sell it as like as you know another SaaS app so i've just recently completed it not quite launched it yet um but yeah that was a distraction i didn't need to do but i just found myself doing it and i've talked about it on the (laughs) pressing matters podcast like it's just something that i can't stop myself and you get into you get into the zone of building it and you're in that momentum that you just can't stop. Like even, you know, that night, for example, you'll just continue to do it into the early hours. And I think that's a problem. Yeah. I need help. I, I would say that, you know, when I, and I guess what I'll do is I'll, I'll continue to, I'll, I'll continue to challenge you. Cause I think, I think you can, I think you can put up a, a good, uh, a good fight for this is I, I think that, the challenge for you, right, or that maybe the creative challenge for you are all of these m- micro challenges across your many products. Like you get a feature add-on for WP User Manager one day, the next day you're like, oh, I could do, I could really build this cool like view for my Instagram plugin, and then oh, somebody asked for I don't know recurring donations for Cellwire, you, might, you know, just throwing random stuff out there, and you're like, I can challenge that. It's not one. I, I would say, I guess my challenge to you is there's not one business that you're in love with is that fair to say like do you love solving selling digital products do you love integrating instagram or is it more of the technical challenge in addressing a market that you're really in love with um i think probably the the former just purely because a lot of like the instagram plugin came from you know a need that i had and it scratched a niche because i wanted to automatically post anything that i posted on instagram to wordpress and just create like a wordpress uh blog not not uh it's because the integrate isn't a feed or a widget it will actually physically go and get the instagram image or video that you just posted on instagram and create it as a post and it will attach it or put it in the media library so it's it's like a republishing of your instagram comment um content Yep. So that was that was something I needed at the time, and you know, it's I loved solving the problem, and I did, I have found ever since then I just have this 
um, it, not a love of APIs, but the fact that you can go and connect to all these different services and get them talking to each other through APIs. That right. it's that that has definitely been not a fascination, but it's been a good thing to to be able to control and use and and make something from it. But obviously, that comes with its downsides because Instagram's API has had some big changes, and now it's Facebook's API, and they have changed lots of things. So it's never great to to sort of have a, a product <laughs> dependent on yeah. a third party API. But hey ho, we're here. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I bring that up because it, it, that's how I challenge myself, right? When I'm when I'm starting to do something, and again, I, I don't have the abilities of being able to custom code something. I mean, I can do a lot with WordPress and WordPress affords me a lot of opportunity to do some crazy things. Of course, with plugins, page builders, ACF, you know, blocks, all this fun stuff. You can do some crazy things, API, Zapier, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you can feel pretty powerful for sure. Uh, but then I'll, what I'll do is you know, maybe even like yourself, you, you spend a weekend building this kind of new cool idea or content platform and then you get distracted, you know, you get busy again for a week and then you come, you come back to it and you're like, I don't really love this. Like, I, I don't, I don't love this at all. Right. I mean, I remember spending a, a whole weekend once, uh, building out this collection of, uh, I was buying up all these like local domains for lawyers and attorneys. And I was, I, I was going to just probably end up using something like WP user manager to have them build out these profiles and microsites. I spent time, money, and effort, and then like I got busy for a week. I came back to it like this is not what I want to do. <laughs> like, why did I just yeah. waste this time? And I didn't really love it. I didn't love solving the idea for attorneys and, and law firms. I don't know what I was thinking, but I just got that creative juice to create something, and it was just it was just a little roller coaster ride for a weekend, and then I kind of threw it away, which is you know, I guess part of the part of the game, I guess. Mm. I think it's the, it's the balance or knowing the difference between the fact that you can do something to rather than that you should do it. Um, <laughs> right. Because, you know, we, we know that we could do that and actually that could be a, a business, but should we do it? Do we love it? And yeah, I think like uh, f for sure WP App Store isn't something that I love doing anymore and I, I'm blogging less and managing content on a site isn't something that gets me up in the morning, but selling digital products i do love that and i love the i love the feeling of people buying something that you built a while ago and you're not you know you're not sh trading hours for for money um and wp user manager is probably the, the the thing that i should be concentrating the most on because actually it's the the most the more successful in terms of revenue out of all my mm. projects um so that is that is where i'm trying to sort of um, wrangle my focus um, but yeah I mean that's that came out of a desire to to have more digital products to sell because the integrate plugin was something I built and I could see that at the time that that solution didn't exist but now in 2020 how many plugins are out there to do things and it was it's a case of you can't necessarily think of an idea that would then sell after you built it. So acquiring WP user manager that was already established, was already in the space, the, the plugin um, niche of community membership profile, that kind of site. And it was already doing good business. Seems like it was a good play just to, just to have that uh, another 
um, another revenue stream, another another focus. But actually, I think it's got a lot of potential for growth. So yeah, selling digital products is definitely a big um, a big focus and and drive for the future. Hey, speaking of not uh, liking to wrangle content and create content, pressingmatters.fm and wpcontent.io. Let's talk about that. <laughs> lots of lots of content creation happening i want to start with the uh the podcast first um there's many wordpress podcasts uh there's uh and it's great there's a lot lots of different types of podcasts i find that at least from my perspective um the ones that are more developer focused are ones that always do really well uh given Mm -hmm. Uh, given the the profile of most WordPress users, most uh, uh, passionate WordPress users being developers, and I noticed that the the byline or the tagline for Pressing Matters is uh, "Welcome to Pressing Matters," a podcast talking about what matters most to WordPress developers and WordPress business owners. I always find that's a challenge, and I'm, I'm curious for your feedback because there's a lot of you know people in my audience who are business owners first and developers second. Um, and I find that when they're developers first, the whole like business conversation is not so interesting to them. Do you, have you had an, a lot of feedback with marketing and selling and, and talking the business angle of, of WordPress on your show? And do you find that a lot of developers are like, eh, yeah, business, it's whatever. I just want to build. I just want to code. Mm. I, I feel like we've, we've had less feedback than I would want to, to know, you know, what our episodes are, what are they doing for people? Are they enjoying them? Is, is the content too developer focused, too business focused? Um, so th- that's maybe a challenge. Maybe that's just a case or, or due to how relatively new we are. But also I think, you know, you brought up the tagline. I think, I do think when we started it and the idea that we had for it and how we envisaged it is not how it's grown over time. Um, the the original idea was, you know, the the Apply Filters podcast that was Brad Tinar and um, Pippin Williamson was the only podcast I remember listening to back in the day, and it was because it was a WordPress development podcast. And when that when that kind of disappeared, it did feel like there was well, it would be something that other people would still want to listen to. So that was the idea, and the plugin, the WordPress business owner um, side to it is more geared towards plug-in business owners i guess and and that isn't very clear because jack and i both are in the same boat we have you know a a day job of client work as it were he does he's almost an agency and i'm uh, a product development for for other clients but we have our own plug-in businesses so a lot of the conversations is just the challenges around that challenges around support or maybe outsourcing hiring um so it's wordpress business owners is is perhaps too broad and we should make the niche clearer um but then also as it's grown our episode structure and what we talk about just completely varies from from episode to episode um we're very probably going off on tangents is a nice way of saying it but rambly is another way um (laughs) and you know we we just have it's almost like it's just a conversation between me and jack that can go anywhere and it you know talk about anything um and we record it and we we do try and treat it as a 
almost like a mini mastermind between us where we're talking about things we're doing for our plugins and um, like what improvements we should make. And, you know, if people listen and they kind of get any benefit from it, then then great. So, yeah, the, the, the podcast's a funny thing because I do really love doing it. And I don't always, I don't feel like it's content creation. It's just, you know, we're having a chat and Jack um, edits it up and then I put it on the website and we do it again two weeks time kind of thing. It's it's weird, but yeah. it's, it's fun. Have you listened yeah, I mean, to I, it, Matt? Yeah, I, I was actually starting to listen listen to your last few episodes uh, after I after we booked the call. Um, I will agree that sometimes it is hard to decipher who's who <laughs> when, <laughs> when when you two are going at it. But um, no, I mean, listen, I, I think that uh, being in the podcast space for so long, I know a lot of podcasters selfishly start podcasts to. Uh, learn from others and to connect with others. And that's that's fine. And I think eventually they get their legs under them and they understand that they should be serving the audience. I'm not saying that you're not serving an audience, but I'm just, you know, mm-hmm. pontificating on what other podcasters do. But also, you know, what I think is healthy is that, you know, it, it, it gives you that, um, like you said, it's a mastermind. I like to say it's like a therapy session where you get to talk out a lot of these things. So when you're at a crossroads of which product of yours to work on uh, in, in a given week or a given day, you have somebody to to bounce those ideas off of. And I think that's actually what makes great podcasts is we get to explore uh, the decision making going on in your head, right? Because there's a lot of us out there who come to the same crossroads, although maybe not at the same volume, but we come to the same crossroads. Do I work on A or B? How would I, how, you know, how would Ian figure it out? Maybe how I would figure it out is the same way, or maybe I would take a different approach. And I think that that's, that creates uh, effectively great content, you know, as a byproduct, even if you're not focused on creating that storyline, you're, you're effectively doing it, which is healthy for you and and good for the audience. You know, I, I, I would argue. Um, any other goals with that? Uh, you know, I, one of the things that I found, not that you're asking for advice, but I'll give it to you anyway, <laughs> as, <laughs> a pod, as, a, as a podcaster. Any other goals? Like, uh, you know, most people uh, maybe transition to a community-based thing, a Slack room. Um, a lot of people start doing virtual summits, of course, given the things that where we're at now in the world with COVID. Any other goals like that? Or are you just going to keep chugging along, uh, just doing it until you don't like doing it anymore? I think that, yeah, I th- I'm not sure we've both got the time to go any further with it. And I think I don't feel like we've found our feet enough to kind of transform it into anything bigger than perhaps just a, a chat between the two of us. Um, yeah, I think it, because obviously the COVID situation, I've been up until it happened, I've been running a a local WordPress meetup in the town that I live in and organizing that every month and, you know, obviously in, in person meetups. And since that's happened, since the COVID situation has happened, other local meetups have tried to go online or they have gone online and they've done online meetups and, and trying to push the community forward that way. But it's, it's something that I just don't, it's not that I'm not passionate about it, but I just don't have the time to then also do that. And whereas sitting down and turning on record and, and having a chat to Jack for 40 minutes is is very doable. But all of the organization around other things. So yeah, we I think we're we're just keen to keep going and, and pushing out episodes and try not to fall into the trap of going, I'm starting a podcast, and then five episodes later <laughs> you're not never heard from again. Kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. 
because we enjoy it perhaps more than our three listeners do kind of thing. So it's worthwhile for us to continue. And we've actually got a sponsor for the rest of the episodes of this year, which is good. We've got Fast Spring, um, fastspring.com as our sponsor. So we've we've had to slightly change how we produce the content. We've we've done some um, promotional, I guess, content slots that we use throughout the episodes now that are Fast Spring related. So we've had to kind of, work out the best way of doing that because it's slightly outside of our usual rambly chat so it's it's good um and how did we you do stumble upon getting us uh, getting a sponsor did you uh did you seek them Did they seek you um we they s- sought us purely because one of their developers was a listener and we kind of had like a a, a sponsor page on the on the website but we never mention it and we don't you know we don't do it for the sponsorship or we don't we can't sustain it's not that we can't sustain it without sponsorship and it's just uh, to us it's a nice byproduct of it um so they reached out to us and and we then worked out how to best promote their content or you know their service within our content and yeah it's it's good we i think we're only one episode that's been released which has oh no two now that has their sponsor stuff in it but that's been really great, and and they're they're good folks, and I'm learning more about how actually a lot of WordPress businesses use FastSpring, and yeah, every time I have a headache about tax or like in in Europe and England, there's the VAT and the EU VAT, and it's it's such a hassle running a small business that something like FastSpring makes me just think, oh, please take it all away from me, all this hassle. Ian Poulsen sliding in an ad read on someone else's podcast. First time that's ever happened. Thanks, Ian. You're welcome. <laughs> and, You're very and welcome. Fast Spring for sponsoring the show. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't care. Um, cool. That, yeah, that's going to take me. That's going to take me to the to the uh, to the meat of the conversation or the the last question uh, topic because you have so many wpcontent.io. This is uh, what many folks. Uh, might remember because it's only been I think a month or so uh, uh, managewp.org which was a uh, community of content sharing um, you know I used to say it's sort of uh, similar to uh, dig of the past for those of you who are older than <laughs> 20 i don't even even know what the age range was i forget D- dig is probably pretty old right, for most listeners but, but what it doesn't do what i haven't found a site to do is to really celebrate the content creator who created the content on the platform right so if somebody's out there creating original content there should be a way to rank that person up and, and as you know you know, creating a podcast is hard work. Creating a blog post, if it's really good, is hard work. Creating videos, hard work. Is there a way to celebrate the original content creator on these types of platforms? Some kind of verified check mark, right? I am the originator of this content. Give them some bonus points, damn it, I guess is what I'm saying. <laughs> um, yeah. But why this? Why this platform? Why is it just a, a happenstance? The WP uh, managed WP went away, and this is a great time to step in. Yeah, basically. But it's managedwp.org was something I'd used for a long time, and I did enjoy it, similar to, to yourself. And it was something that I really liked to find WordPress um, news articles, anything cool on there, and I would post on there, and I would. I think, yeah, you mentioned the Karma system. They had this points ranking system. So the more you posted, 
the stronger was your upvote strength and you could you know like there were some super users i guess that once they upvoted an article it went straight to the popular page there you know that algorithm behind it but it i did enjoy posting finding content just through twitter or whatever that people were um, putting out there and then you know cross posting it onto managed wp and and seeing it go popular and it was a great place to when i started producing my own content to share that and and get exposure and and traffic from so I, I love the idea and I love the site. Um, and yeah, as soon as I saw it was shut down, it seemed it seemed silly not to try to do something else because the you know I felt the muscle or me and Ash because this is a joint a joint thing with Ashley Rich who we both work together at Delicious Brains, but it's our thing rather than a Delicious Brains thing. But we both felt that there was a need for that type of site still in the WordPress space and there would be other people who would feel the same so you know the devout managed wp users but because i think people treat it as a new site but there's obviously the big news websites for wordpress or news outlets like wp tavern and post status but but this was different because it was community driven and you know as as much as community posting and upvoting comes with its own problems and challenges with spam and um i don't know like gamification of it I think having that community aspect was is still important. So we just thought, look, if we're going to do something, um, we should do it quickly because maybe somebody else would do the same. And I think you, you know, if you're first to the market or the replacement market, you, you, it's going to be okay, and you're going to get some traction. And that's kind of what we did. I think we learned about it on a Friday afternoon, um, which was probably a couple of days after it shut down, and then. We built it over the weekend and properly launched it on the Monday. And it the launch went really well in terms of exposure and people sharing it and people using it. And uh, we reached out to Manage WP um, to to sort of say, look, this is you've got your landing page now to say you've closed down and you're linking to other people like the Tavern and Master WP newsletter. But we are what we'd like to say the spiritual successor of your site so can you put a link on and they did and it's it's been good um the tavern covered it as well so yeah we 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 would want it to to just to grow and continue to be used and and continue to be a resource for the community and any way that i'm going to get my verified check mark in there anytime soon <laughs> well i have noted down that feedback yeah you filed it in the old circular. Uh, what's, yeah. the, what's the statement? The old circular filing cabinet, also known <laughs> as the trash. <clears throat> uh, no, to be honest, that is uh, that is a really good idea, and we have got plans to improve it and to um, to build on it because mm-hmm. it you know a very quick and a quick and dirty MVP that was put together over a weekend. Like it's not the best looking site in the world. It, it works, but it was something that just needed to be simple and effective. Um, so, yeah, we've got we've got some plans for it. And the verified um, users, because it, it's a bit like product hunt in that people can hunt um, a product or app or whatever, but it might not be their one. So only when you kind of get tied as you're the creator, then you, you, you know, you're actually exposed to that person doing it and, give, and you get that connection. Um, so, yeah, the... the I do agree with you. There should be something that says, this is the person that wrote this. This is, this is the content creator. Um, and whether or not that, um, 
you know makes you gives you a bit of a stronger karma or whatever however algorithm we decide to put on it because at the moment it's purely number of upvotes that's it yeah yeah awesome stuff my friend this has been ian polson man of many hats products businesses ideas creative lessons <laughs> ian, where can <laughs> folks find you to say thanks um yeah thank you for having me i am polvolt web on twitter uh and polvoltweb.com which is a, probably a sorely um neglected personal website that has some links to my products but yeah twitter is the place to to talk to me and obviously places like wp content io um i'm on there posting and upvoting i'm struggling with the uh with the title of this episode it might be like neglect (laughs) (laughs) yeah i've got this other thing i've got this other site which i haven't touched (laughs) yeah I, i i feel like i I'm failing with many things, but whether or not it, it, it strikes a chord with other people who are doing the same and they just have too many things on the go. But listen, yeah. it's the it's the sign of it's a sign of a good creator. That's the way that I see it. And a great artist. You know, as I get older, uh, the whole, uh, you know, you know, what's cool. A billion dollars from the uh, social network movie like that whole trying to, you know, take over the world has become less and less and much more about. This is my art. This is this is what I'm doing. And I don't care if it fails. I don't care what people, you know, think, you know, to a degree about, you know, what's failing. And, and I'm just going to do it in out in the open. And you're either going to accept it or not. Uh, but I'll just keep forging my own way. And I think that's what we have to do as great artists. Yeah. That's my I, two cents. I, I feel like that's elevating us slightly higher than we we deserve, Matt. But yeah, I I'm <laughs> we're not the, we're not the, I'm not I'm far from a struggling WordPress artist. Like I still I definitely still wanna still wanna make ends meet and support the family. But yeah, it's I I gone are the days of building like a unicorn multi million billion dollar business. Yeah. For sure. Definitely. Everybody else, MattReport.com, MattReport.com slash subscribe. Join that mailing list. Don't forget to leave us a five star on iTunes so we can rank above people like PressingMatters.fm. Uh, we want to make sure that, that we stay on top of iTunes. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the next episode.